0: Welcome to the Next Level Brands Podcast, where we share stories about the food and CPG world with experts in the trenches about how to build a successful brand today. Now, your host, G. Stephen Clear.
1: Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us today on the Next Level Brands Podcast. We're brought to you today by Kitchen to Shell, the educational arm of Next Level Brands, and providers of online and in-person courses and workshops for CPG entrepreneurs at any stage of growth. If you're selling on a regional basis at farmer's markets or just online, and you want to expand your retail or e-com distribution, you should look into the courses and webinars from Kitchen to Shelf. Want to learn more about distributors, co-packers, trade funding? Kitchen to Shelf can help you learn what you need to know to grow. More details at kitchentoshelf.com. That's kitchen, the number two, shelf.com. Hi, this is Steve Clear, and today we're going to get a closer look at a brand that I've watched grow up from a small booth down in the cellar at Expo West to a major disruptor in its category, Mary's Gone Crackers. And to talk about that growth is Carla King, Senior Marketing Manager at Mary's. Carla is a talented marketing and brand development leader with proven experience in driving business, creating customized marketing programs and solutions, pushing strategy sessions and articulating the expectations. She balances brand needs with company interests to ensure mutually beneficial results and is an excellent blend of creative talent with analytical skills, something we have in common. Welcome to the show, Carla.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: So um, Mary's Gone Crackers, I, I think a lot of people out there have, have heard about Mary's. I hope so. And and yes, and we and we love the name and all that. But tell us first a little bit quick about your background and how you got to Mary's.
0: Um, my background, consumer promotions on up to brand marketing via data analytics, not your traditional path. Um My husband and I decided to move to Reno a few years ago. Um, I got the opportunity to take some time off with my son, and then he started school, well, until COVID. (laughs) Now he's home. But um, then Mary's actually came searching for me, and turns out that they are my neighbor here in Reno. They're the shortest commute I've ever had in my life, (laughs) Um, and their role fit my experience and really offered me the challenge to grow the business also quite appealing to me was a small entrepreneurial feel of the company, which I think allows us to be a little bit more nimble, a little bit more creative.
1: And and that's, uh, and also more fun, right? That, yes. that also comes into it. Um, <laughs> for, for the folks who may not know, can you give us a little background about Mary sure. and how the company got started?
0: Sure. Uh, Mary Waldner is the founder of the company. Um, she was diagnosed with celiac disease, um, back in the 90s before gluten-free was, you know, common terminology. Right. And she missed that pre-dinner offering at restaurants out with her friends. So she went into her kitchen and created what you know as the original cracker. Um, she shared it with her friends. Their response was quite enthusiastic. Um, and kind of it took off from there. They encouraged her to, you know, sell it. She did at her local convenience store down the street. And it just, it took off. One funny thing about the name is that she was a psychotherapist in her previous. Oh no, I didn't know that. Oh, wow. Yes. That was her, <laughs> her prior career before becoming a food manufacturer. She went into her, you know, peer group um, that she met with on a regular basis. And she's like, I'm going into business. I need a name. And they said, it's got to be mary's gone crackers and uh, it stuck
1: one of the things i remember when there was first introduction and one of the first expos that they were at or whatever was was you can tell at expo west or east is one Mm -hmm. if there's a line of people waiting to get something that's a hit that's it's it's very basic it's bad unscientific you know panel data (laughs) but believe me if people are waiting in line for food at a food show then it has to be something. And there was always people at the booth trying it, how great it is, yep. whatever. And of course the name was was awesome. So that just just helped, you know? Yes. Um. So the checklist as far as the, the products and stuff go, right? Organic, vegan, all of the gluten-free, obviously, but gluten-free, all of the stuff- Gluten-free,
0: non-GMO, that, sustainably right. resourced. Yes, all, all of minimally processed, all of that.
1: That good stuff. Um. um let me ask you about- so you're in a super competitive category. Yes. Um, people like Nabisco, um, whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, granted, it's not, you're, you're, you're not up against Ritz necessarily, No, but you are fighting for the same shelves, but I mean, yes. shelves don't get any bigger. Um, <laughs> how did you guys grow Mary's, you know, to where it is today? And to, was, was there a sort of strategic plan? Did you go with your better partners at retail? How'd that work?
0: Um, We kind of stuck to what we knew. So Mary started out with the small um, mom and pop stores. She also ventured and she was smart. She went into like the celiac groups and um, all of that. And so got word of mouth and through all of that. And with the way that she makes that product, um, she got into Whole Foods and Whole Foods is still um, a very valuable customer for us. Um, You know, they're, platform is very much our platform and that health focused better for you, um, all organic, clean label, all of that stuff. Um, and they, they probably carry our largest, um, selection. I think they have like 11 SKUs on their shelf, um, which is huge for us because I usually we have like three or four at mainstream and type retailers. And we have about 15, 16 offerings. Um, And it just kind of took off from there. And so just pounding the pavement, our sales team just went out, you know, got into sprouts, got in, and then started getting into the more mainstream. Um, When the offering with the super seed, which has more flavor offerings, which is the original cracker, only more seeds and um, nuts, or not nuts, sorry, because we are nut free. That's another thing. Um, Then with the offering of real fence, which is the more mainstream, Mm-hmm. not that thin but more a mainstream cracker um, that really got us that's where we got into Walmart and and the likes
1: those okay. types All of right. retailers so, that, so yeah and that's one of the things about Mary's is that you can see the seeds yes I mean, it's it is a seed yes. based obviously plant based but you know it's like no it, it helps give texture obviously more flavor than yes. grinding everything up and
0: grains grains and seeds and then real thins is a mix of gluten free flours Right. Um, but chia seeds. So you can still see seeds.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. They're there. Um, and, and obviously with the, with celiacs and being uh, Mary, like a lot of entrepreneurs in the food and beverage space uh, trying to get an answer to a either personal or family medical problem. It's amazing yep. how many people I interviewed that. Oh yeah. Well, my son had this. And so I started making these cookies and it's like, okay, you know, yeah. It's, yeah. It's amazing how that works. Um, So From that, of course, you've got a sort of a built-in audience. Um, There's more awareness now. I mean, there are so many more people who follow gluten-free than have celiac disease. That is amazing. But um, in general, better for you, uh, all of that. Mary's kind of fits in there. How how do you guys position that? Like when you go to a mainstream store, like to Walmart, how, how do you say, you know, the reason you need us on the shelf is X?
0: Um, I think the reason you need us on the shelf is where the clean label plant based, which is if you look at the sales in the last, especially the last year, um, plant based is where it's going, that's what consumers right. trust. Um, yeah. and maybe not against the Nabisco's of the world, um, which is you know, more mainstream, but with the other better for you we offer a better um price per ounce um we're much more competitive we're the only ones too that are both gluten-free and organic there's a lot of gluten-free out there but they don't they're not a hundred percent certified organic so we offer that that difference as well
1: and in terms of of in retail partners and stuff i mean getting into walmart was a big thing but did you have some yeah. early adopters Whole Foods, but maybe some others like New Seasons or Wegmans. Or how did you how'd you go through that landscape?
0: Uh, Whole Foods definitely. Um, from there, it kind of went into like the more maybe the smaller regional, um, such as Raley's out here on the West Coast, um, which has that health focused. The Wegmans, which has the more foodie focus. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. When you get people driving. 45 minutes to get to a Wegmans, you know, you've got something. Yeah. Um, but when you get into those types of stores, and then we, it kind of steamrolled from there. And we, you know, the company built the sales team, pulling from the likes of Kettle, um, which had a similar experience and in, in trying to grow and be um, a higher end, better for you, perceived chip than the lays of the world. Um, right. So they had the relationships with those. Um, and we also got in with some good brokers.
1: You guys faced a little bit of a challenge, of course, which is um, you, you started out with, you know, one type of one type of cracker and you wanted to to, to obviously to expand, um, expand your range. Did you think you we're going to might lose original customers who are going, oh, no, no, they've got these fancy products now whatever, <laughs> or, or how, how did you handle that?
0: Uh, that's that. I think that's still a question that we always ask ourselves, are we putting ourselves at risk of losing our loyal fan base, of, of lo- losing that loyal consumer base? Um, and that's kind of the trick to, you know, we're still, even though we're this niche brand, we're still small. We still have a lot of opportunity for growth. Um, so taking our current consumer base and just inviting more people into the fold, and sometimes that is with Flavors, but we stick to our guardrails of organic gluten-free non-gmo vegan nut-free kosher (laughs) all of those things right right um so the the offering is still the same so you know i personally am not a heat seeker i cannot tolerate our jalapeno cracker um so that's i'm like that's for another group of people but everything you know i'm i'm there. And we've got some new flavors, too, of the real thins that are just uh, lovely. Um, so
1: there's there's always a challenge in um, some analysis that I used to do with my agency was um, the company we were working for would be introducing the new strawberry lavender flavor.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: And it would be OK. So brand management says, "Well, there's no cannibalization. This is going to be all new people. Mm. No, 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 no. There's going to be some cannibalization. Let's try to measure how much
0: and where yeah. is it going to
1: come from, right? And and who else in the lineup are we gonna are we gonna hurt when we we introduce this? Because um, there's always some. You can only cut a pie so many ways. So you have to that sort of that sort of innovation. But um, but certainly Mary's has a very loyal uh, consumer following and stuff. So I think um, as people, you know." get introduced to the crackers, whatever. I mean, it's, you know, again, if you can get them to taste it and that's been a little bit of a challenge, obviously through the pandemic, um, yeah. besides not being able to demo, what other effects did the pandemic have on, on your growth?
0: Um, when it first hit our, you know, all the orders that started coming in cause we're also sold on Amazon sell Costco. Right. So our production, um, we really gave our, our planning manager a, <laughs> a challenge, um, and we couldn't meet it all. Uh, we just couldn't produce our crackers fast enough. So um, in that regard, that was a blessing and a curse. Um, but in terms of, you know, we, we had to narrow it down to like, we're going to just produce our top six SKUs for this, okay. for this yeah. time being. And that's what we're going to have to do. Um, and we're kind of suffering a few of the consequences of that now as people moved on. Um, So, we're working to get them back. We're working. um, We recently did, you may have noticed, a a brand refresh on our packaging or a packaging refresh. So, we brightened up the package and we're now working on um, bringing that forth in our messaging, um, in our brand positioning. So, we're doing a little bit of tweaking. um, And that, like I said, that's the challenge. Don't want to offend the loyal. <laughs> Don't no, want to lose right. the loyal loyal base, but want to invite more users. Um and if we do that through any of our new flavorings um or more of the out there, not the classic or anything like that, that that's fine. Just get them, get them in and get them to try it.
1: Um, and, and I, I think for for some of the folks listening, one of the things um you might say, oh, yeah, they they focused on their producing their top skews. duh, that's great. Yeah. Um. But the risk that you guys took in doing that is, of course, that when the other stuff runs out of stock, correct? The retailer does not necessarily replace it with another facing. That is your correct. SKU, it might be something else coming in. So in fact, it's it's actually that's that's a challenge, a real challenge to do that.
0: Yeah, which is why we also couldn't let our innovation pipeline get cold. Um, we have to. You know, it's a constant. You have to meet the consumer and the customer with new, um, if something's not performing well, then you want to either replace it. You want to keep that facing um, or you um, yep. put some promotion behind it to see if it, if that will jumpstart it. Help it.
1: Yeah. Um, let's, let's talk for a minute about, you mentioned Amazon, so let's talk direct to consumer. Um, mm-hmm. How has that role evolved at Mary's since the beginning?
0: Direct to consumer. It's still evolving. And I would say it's one of our big challenges um, and something that it, most companies are are dealing with outside of the ones that can instantly turn on e-commerce. <laughs> we do have our own online store as well. That's fairly small in the big scheme of things, especially compared to the giant of Amazon. Um, but we're still working out like how to get into retail marketplaces um, and, and get that get more product to the consumer. Cause I think, and if we can do sampling through that, um, we're exploring that right now as well.
1: Yes. There's always the single, the single serve pack, but unfortunately that costs Mm -hmm. as much as the regular bag to make. (laughs) So we don't, you know, it's like, and, and folks, by the way, if you want to uh, go online or see more information about it, it's Mary's gone crackers.com and you can find the information there. Um, yeah, D2C, especially, um, of course, during the pandemic, a lot of things went crazy uh, yes. for for folks, uh, Amazon, especially goods that were long shelf life, let's just say, you know, yes. I mean, just it, absolutely crazy. And uh, while some of that's kind of peeled back a little bit, I'm surprised as much of it has stayed as there is, whether that's habit. So you know, like not, I, I I didn't buy my crackers. I, I bought my crackers at Safeway before. Mm-hmm. Then I went online bought Mary's online at Amazon, and now I'm just going to continue to buy in yes. Amazon because it's on the list, you know?
0: Yes. I think it for a lot of people, they are, were used to going and making a weekly or bi-weekly grocery shop and all of a sudden couldn't do that and were forced online. They discovered the convenience of it. Um, yeah. And I know when I became a mom, Amazon got a whole lot more popular for me. Oh. And it was like, yeah, oh, I'm not going back.
1: <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, it was, uh, one of those things where naturally, because in the business, I try to try everything, right. It's at some point. Mm-hmm. So I did Walmart plus and okay. comes the free delivery. Well, the, the pandemic kind of ramped up, you know, and it, it, I, I started actually using it, using it. So today yes. I get up and I have a, I have an email from Walmart that says, Oh, it's, it's time for your next order, <laughs> and by the way, here's the list. All you have to oh. do is just check. Oh yeah, because it's <laughs> it's figured out that I bought this more than twice. Yeah, I might be buying it again. Oh, and by the way, the frequency was, and it's scary. <laughs> it is scary. Instacart. I told my Instacart wife the- I think maybe we need to stop this and go visit the store. Okay, because
0: Instacart is the same way. Yep. Um. Amazon is similar. With yep. the subscribe and save, and if you have an Alexa in your home or an Echo, forget it. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, no, no, uh, I haven't, I haven't allowed Alexa in yet because I'm scared of what will happen. You
0: know, I don't because you suddenly start getting these <laughs> reminders of what is low in quantity in your house, I, and you're like, yeah. "Oh, this I'm is too scary." I'm dreaming of
1: a prime porterhouse, and the next thing you know, the <laughs> guy at the door showing up. with this. sorry, that'd be seventy dollars. <laughs> I know too much about it. Yeah. Um, instead sort of that same vein, Carla, what about um, obviously, social media just plays just so, such a huge role now in brand building and stuff. how do yes. you how do you guys deal with all the stuff in social media and and producing and content and all that?
0: We have help. <laughs> okay. Good good. We have help. i um, We have an agency that helps manage it. Um, One of the things I said early on about what appealed to me at Mary's was that we're small and nimble, um, but that also means that we need help in certain areas. And that is definitely one of them. Um, We recently hired a new agency that specialized in food to up our game in terms of, you know, whether it be recipes or simple pairings and um, bringing video to social Doing all of that, so and they're also helping us with our brand positioning work. So you know, you don't want to, especially something as important for the brand as positioning and and presentation. You don't want to do it in a vacuum. So where you can get the help on the create and solid creative minds, that that is what they do day in and day, day out. Um, right. It's good to have. It's good to have that. You know, you're still. I'm. I view myself still as the steward of the brand. Is this true to Mary's? Is this true to where we want to go? But I let them do the creative work.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's it. Yeah. And it's important. I mean, there's, there's um, I've had the opportunity to have a couple, two different actually um, companies on. And one of them was Lily's chocolates where I was able to have the founder and her new CEO. Um, oh. The program, and I did it again with Beyond Broth, which is now called Grace's Goodness because yes. she was on with Sarah Bird, who is was her new CEO at the time, okay. who's now changed that from Beyond Broth to Grace's Goodness. That's just they've just done the the brand shift, wow. and it's absolutely amazing. But to talk about that difference of um, you know Cynthia Lilly's was very very that's what she was scared about. She was scared about this person's going to come in and change the culture. The whatever because yeah. or you know uh, is going to start reducing cost of goods by you know um, and uh, and Jane Strode Miller who is the CEO she had come from Interstate Bakeries okay Twinkies Wonder Bread so it's like okay <laughs> so this is the person I'm gonna you know put in charge of my chocolate is Wonder Bread uh, but you know I mean Jane always had an entrepreneurial streak and it, but it, it it was interesting to see on that side. How protective founders are of culture, yes, and, and going through it, so and and you're carrying the torch, obviously for that, you know we are mary
0: yeah we uh, and Mary sold the business six or so years ago, mm-hmm. um, ironically to Kamita, um which is a Japanese rice cracker company, so we're a wholly owned subsidiary of them, but they've been you know as much as we have to report into them and meet our targets and goals. And we, you know, just like any other company um, Mm. they've been very supportive as well. Um, And they've been very much, you know, not necessarily wanting to change things, but wanting, we have had change because they've built the, one of the largest gluten-free bakery facilities Facilities. in the country, um, but they haven't mandated what, what we need to do or what we need to bring to the market. They, you know, they've let us, um, keep the Mary's le- legacy, um, going.
1: Yeah. And, and I, and I think they, you know, obviously they wanted the brand for yes. everything the brand stood for as well as your numbers. Uh, yeah. but you know, that, that was, that's very, very important. You got to try to maintain that. Um, Speaking of that kind of future stuff, what can, without mm-hmm. getting into anything proprietary, can you tell us a little more about, so what does the future hold for Marys?
0: Uh, I think the future holds one, doing much what we're doing now, creating good food, good, clean, healthy food, um, but possibly expanding into other categories. Um, you know, it, I don't want to take one more category that I get to compete with Nabisco again. But um, (laughs) if we can, you know, create something that maybe is chocolatey or maybe is fruit forward or, you know, there's always that creative. I'm not the R&D team. Thankfully it's not my job to create it, but it's my job to look at what the, where the trends are going um, and see what the consumers are seeking. Um, Fortunately, there's still they're still looking um to get healthy. And I think as long as as that trend continues, which I don't see it ending anytime soon, then we'll, uh, yeah, we'll be in a good place. I doubt it.
1: Yeah. It's um yeah. I mean so the of the stuff I mean, talking to people and, and reading lately, a lot of the larger CPG, because I still try to follow that as mm-hmm. much as I can, um, are are talking about COVID not necessarily going away for a long time. And there's no. elements of it because yeah. you know it's it's Um, Not enough people wearing masks. Not enough people getting vaccinated in a big enough period, uh, short enough period of time. And then the variants. So now all the variants are coming up, like the South African variant, and there's going to be another variant or whatever. And it's like, so you're going to be, it's like whack a mole. You're going to keep knocking these things down and having to tweak the vaccine. But but the question for the big CPGs is, okay, how does this affect? buying habits, <laughs> yeah, purchasing habits, right? Yeah. It's like, are, are, am I going to keep putting all this money into Amazon or do I open up my own fulfillment center now? Or what do I have to do you yeah. know, for that? Um, did you, did you guys look at, did you look at outsourcing? Did you outsource your fulfillment for the, the Amazon side or are you FBA or how do you do that?
0: Um, we do outsource it. We let the Amazon do all of that for us. Yeah. Um, and our online store is also outsourced right now. So we are we are exploring whether we want to bring it in, whether that is a good choice. Um, the, no decision has been made yet. It, it's a huge undertaking. Um, yeah. And, but I do think that people will continue to eat more at home um, as they've gotten into cooking or even, you know, I know the younger generation is more about snacking throughout the day so if we right. can offer and we're you know well suited um to fit their bill for that of here's a lovely delicious healthy cracker um for your cheese plate or charcuterie or however you know hummus what have you um and we have many flavors so you can have variety throughout the day um so we're well suited to that but i do think that trend will continue i don't i don't see the effects of covid even when it's safe to go out and do you know get back to whatever normalcy there is um, I think some of the trends are are here to stay
1: of of all the, of all the stats from the pandemic in terms of consumer purchase um the one I'm most fascinated by is that amongst households where we're still employed, our savings have actually increased right it's like well, and I'm thinking, okay. Well, why? Well, because he used to go out to dinner three nights a week. Yeah. And now I don't. And then driving the car. Uh, we yeah. work from home, so I'm not driving the car. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not flying to Chicago or California Correct. or whatever. You know, uh, twice a month. So yeah, yeah. Here it's we're putting some money. You know, putting some money aside. Mm-hmm. Interesting enough, that may translate. I don't know because I haven't read that, but may translate into people spending a little more money on those kind of, um, the small luxury kind of things, you know? Um, so whether that's, you know, whether the automatic back things you put on the chair or, you know, <laughs> but, but things you wouldn't necessarily go out and spend $200 on now it's like, well, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. You would yeah. see how that, that happens. Um, can you tell me a little bit about experience with, uh, Walmart and the product, there's a lot of people listening who would say, wow, high end, you know, uh, whole foods, darling cracker. Why would anybody put it in Walmart? Can we talk about that?
0: I I think Walmart um, first, the product line that went in was real thin crackers, which is more mainstream Mm -hmm. um, cracker, not your, not the seeds, but we did get some of those seeded into some of the regions there. Um, but Walmart, I think, sees the trend as well. And I, I believe they were starting there and that's kind of, we caught them as they started to go more healthy. Um, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I, my past experiences, is Walmart is where you go for your snacks and your sodas and um, all of that. 32 the, the big, ounce. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they started to see the trends. They started to see all that. And that was, you know, back when it was, the message of healthy eating was a bigger thing, even from you know the White House at that time with the garden and and all of that, right. and yep. that's kind yep. of that we just kind of caught that wave yeah. um, and then we performed well, so we've been able to stay
1: that's great, that's great. Yeah. um well, the other thing I, I wondered about was um as you look to and and you probably have several of them, but your personas, your customer personas and stuff. What about younger are your, your bottom end of your audience, whatever are they, do you think going to maintain this health better for you label reading, or is that something that's going to fade a little bit as we, you know, get out of pandemic and.
0: My take what I've read and partially my gut says that they will continue to be more health focused Mm -hmm. um, for the most part. And, and I mean, you can have a plant-based product and it not be exactly the healthiest item for you. Um, but yeah. what we're seeing and where our data comes in is that so far it has stuck. Um, so I do, I'm encouraged by that because our, our big piece of the pie in terms of who our consumers are is the boomers and the Gen X, right. um, but we're starting to get into the millennial set. Um, and especially as, as millennials start to have kids. And I think, I know for me, when I had a son, he's now a second grader, but, you know, being pregnant and all of a sudden you're eating healthier. And then all of a sudden you're realizing that you're putting the food in, in their mouth. So you start to right. make a lot healthier decisions. decisions. <laughs> um, and it, thankfully it stuck. So, um, yeah. I'm hoping that is the same experience for a lot of those millennials as they start families.
1: Yeah, I I, I think that that's a pretty safe bet, and I know I have read about environmental consciousness. It's yes, way higher, and those things kind of run together.
0: They pretty much demand it.
1: Yeah. Plus, um, if you've experienced better food, it's very it's tough to go back.
0: Yeah, you feel better.
1: Yeah, and it's it's all around better. Um, Absolutely. Probably, if you were to take a look back at it, and again. Uh, any place in your career, it doesn't have to be at Mary's, but, or at Mary's, what's one of the biggest challenges that you had to face and how'd you get over it?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I think actually one of the biggest challenges I'm dealing with is right now. Um, As I mentioned earlier, we just did package refresh. Um, We're in the midst of doing some positioning work on the brand. Um, And I also mentioned that Kameda is our, um, owner um which brings a different culture into the mix so um trying to create you know our mission and vision um, and bring everyone in the company onto the same page of what that statement looks like and where we're going um and then how the brand will be communicated and making sure that that communication is understood in multiple cultures
1: (laughs) yes okay
0: yes Um, so I, you know, knowing who we want to go after, not wanting to offend who our current bases, you know, basically expanding the table, um, but then getting that work approved internally um, on a multicultural level is probably one of the, I've had to make some big arguments on new product offerings at, you know, at Smucker when I worked on, you know, Meowmix and, and whatnot. But this, I think, is an even bigger challenge. <laughs> I, I, a I language can, I can barrier. Si-
1: I, I can sympathize. <laughs> Early in my career, I was at Daylan Associates. Honda was my client for four years. Ah, so and, you know. um, yeah, and 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 you have that now. The learning process. What I learned about, I mean, building yes. brands. Right. I remember that, like, the, whatever it was, it was a twenty-five hundred dollar lawnmower at you know, <laughs> at Honda, and you're like, guys, seriously. And they're like, no, you don't understand. It's worth it. And we're going to do it. And, you know, That's okay, it. you know, and this is how <laughs> it's done. And, and you just got, okay, you know, uh, yep. that, was, that was something something different. But I'm also learning still, and, and, and you probably are too, is that you also have translations. It's very simple now to say, okay, we, we've, got, we've got Mary's here in the U.S. They mm-hmm. ought to be eating this in the U.K. and Europe. So let's just throw it on Amazon, UK and Europe and see what happens. Well, that may be fine, except Mary's Gone Crackers in in Spain may not be the right. right, There's (laughs) there's all kinds of challenges, but it's relatively low barrier to do now. Yes. And you're working with stuff and, you know, Amazon particularly, you know, is is trying to ramp that up and they're trying to say, okay, so, you know, and just because you sell in Mexico, you can't use the same stuff in Spain. No. I know, same language, but not really. Kind of like yeah. England and the US. It's the exactly. same language, but not really. And uh, but it does give you the opportunity to do that. And then if Asia, for instance, with rice mm-hmm. crackers. Yep. Wow. Huge opportunity.
0: Yeah. And Kameda is like a huge brand in yep. the Asian markets. So and they're like, well, we don't need to do marketing stuff. <laughs>
1: well, no all no, right I'm like
0: yeah, oh Ritz, big difference either <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah i I'm know, like Ritz you know.
0: sells itself too so yeah, exactly
1: <laughs> yep yep pretty amazing so well listen hey I really appreciate you talking with us today and sharing mm-hmm. some of the stuff uh Thank we want to keep track of what's going on with Mary's because again I've been eating them for a long time okay oh, and uh and and want to uh want to see the growth continue and the refresh and all that that's very exciting I know that's been through those, so it a work out. So you come back and join us again after after oh, so you're everywhere. <laughs> 90% ACV. We'll do it. You know. Oh yes,
0: please.
1: <laughs> I appreciate that. Thanks, Carol, so much, and Thank thanks you. by the way to everyone else for joining us today on the podcast. We're brought to you today by Kitchen to Shelf, the educational resource for CPG entrepreneurs and emerging brands. Kitchen to Shelf is also the sponsor of Words to Grow By. That's Words, the number two grow by a collection of great advice and inspiration from guests who have appeared on the Next Level podcast. So if you need some weekly counsel from fellow founders and industry leaders, try Words to Grow By from Kitchen to Shelf. Available at Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and free subscription, kitchentoshelf.com. That's kitchen, the number two, shelf.com. This is Steve Clear, and we will see you all next time. Thanks for listening to the Next Level Brands podcast with G. Stephen Clear. Learn more at nextwith2xslevelbrands.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for the Next Level Brands email list or subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode.